Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And we are now fully, officially in off-season mode. Super Bowl over, last game played. Moving on, moving on. We're on to the draft. We're on to the draft. My flag football team still has a game this weekend, so I don't know what you're talking about, but... The off, off season never happens, Colin. It's, you never sleep. That's that's a good point. I mean, are you you enjoying the uh, it was like sixty degrees out there today? I don't know. I didn't leave the house. I literally, you know, we're recording this at ten oh five p.m. I was just <laughs> finishing up work, so I didn't really leave the house today. I heard it was nice. It sounded like it was raining though. I don't know. Yeah, it was raining off and on, but yeah, it was like it was like almost sixty outside and we are in uh in pennsylvania so we're not like in florida this yeah, is in no, florida, is florida 60 florida. degrees in february and yeah it'll snow next week now so oh yeah well that's exactly what i did last week got to clear it out and then just dump it back on yeah, again dump it back on life in uh, va yeah yeah well we got a lot of, we got a lot of stuff to cover today here super bowl recap some news um got a couple other segments we're gonna hit here uh, but before we get into it, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, Triple Play, and the Fantasy Points Podcast. You can follow them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. Uh, but first, I feel like we uh, got to start off with the Super Bowl here. You know, Rams win, bring home a, a title for for all those lifelong Rams for fans me. out there. They did it for yeah. me. You have been you've been waiting almost you've been waiting over twenty years for a title. How's it How's it feel, man? It's been such a it's been such a ride, man. You know, mm-hmm. someone asked me in the Discord what my fa- you know the, the, my favorite memories along the way. There's just too many of them mm-hmm. to to list, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just you know, feel feel blessed to finally see a Rams Super Bowl victory. Now I can I can die happy. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, definitely some some highs and some lows along the along the journey there. But uh, I'm 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 happy for you, truly. Thank truly. you, thank you. Yeah, true. I mean, you know how much this really weighed on mm-hmm. me this past week. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go yeah. Rams. Yeah, you lost you lost ten pounds. You stopped eating. I, I've never looked so good. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put twenty on this week though. So <laughs> I'm like Christian Bale. My weight just fluctuates like a like crazy man. You know, you go from uh, the machinist to uh, to Dark Knight. Yeah, and then back to um, uh, what's that boxing movie that he's in where he's uh, like the the fighter, the, gang, the gangly meth head brother, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, the fighter. Yeah, yeah, love that movie. Yeah, yeah, that's very underrated. That's why, I, well, not like one of the reasons, but I love Christian Bale as an actor. Oh, he's I my favorite. Yeah. yeah, he's my favorite actor. He's top yeah. five. Yeah, yeah, what a guy. method actor. Um, but back to the game there. Uh, oh, do you think do you think he could play Matt Stafford when they when they make a movie about this? Could he play Matt Stafford? Who would play Matt Stafford mm-hmm. if it's not him? Hopefully not the guy that p- just played um Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. <laughs> that movie looks like <laughs> shit. Uh, As a lifelong man. Rams fan, I find it I find it an affront to everything <laughs> that I that I uh you know believe in. Uh, it's terrible, uh, man. I don't know who would play Stafford. 
I don't know. Seth I nominate, Rogen. I nominate myself. Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> the really stoner version of Matt Stafford. Uh, um, anyway, Cooper Cup MVP. Mm-hmm. Not Matt Stafford there. Uh, which we both predicted. Uh, we both predicted Stafford. Yeah, and I still kind of think Stafford should have won. And you can mm-hmm. say that, you know, the quarterback like wrongfully gets the award a lot of the time. And that probably is true. Um, but like I thought Stafford was really, really good in that game. He threw the two interceptions, the one that everyone had a fit about, and I like it was just a punt. Mm-hmm. It, there was I had no issue with that interception. Yeah, he underthrew the guy, whatever. It's not like Van Jefferson made a great effort to go get that ball anyway. <laughs> Um, but I didn't think that was like a bad. Like everyone was like, "Oh, there's Stafford at the most critical times. He's just fucking it up." And I was like, that, "That was a nothing interception, like on the grand scheme of things." And then the other one wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. It was Ben Skoranek's fault. So, like, I think he played and he bounced back from that one. Like when he threw that one, I was like, Kels and I were both sitting there, and I was like, "Oh, like this is about to get really ugly, really, really quick." And he, you know, stayed calm, brought him right back settled settled everybody down like i i i I, and it's not like cup i mean he had the the last drive but it was stafford too Mm -hmm. um and it was i think honestly more stafford than him Mm -hmm. so i I, I thought i still thought it should have been stafford plus how it's with how much of a vote thing it is i don't know i think people tend to vote for the quarterback and people really like matt stafford um as the hall of fame um (laughs) dialogue has shown me this weekend so um i i thought for sure he'd win it in the moment as well. My mom texted me and she was like, it's going to be Cooper cup. And I was like, no, nah, mom, it's going to be just something else. Mom was right about. And I was Mama, wrong, yeah. But... Mama nace. Yeah. Always right. Always right. Yeah. I'm, Stafford, obviously finally getting the ring here. I mean, you brought it up. Hall of fame. No. Yeah, I agree. So the one thing that I think the, the hall of fame discussion lacks is that, no, like when you go into these discussions, everyone just assumes that everybody else has a similar vision of exactly the type of player that should be in the Hall of Fame. Like I am very much a small hall kind of person. In the small hall world, no, I don't think Matthew Stafford even touches it. Like I think we'd probably need four more years like this year to say that he should be in there. If you're, you know, the Hall of Very Good doesn't exist. Everyone that's, that's in the Hall of Very Good just go next door to the Hall of Fame. Then then yeah, I think at that point, then you can start having the discussion about it. I still don't think it's a slam dunk by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I mean, people want to want to say the Pro Bowls don't mean anything. He only has one, but doesn't have any All Pros, and those are you know generally fairly accurate, especially at, you know the the major positions. You know, sometimes they f up like the free safety or something stupid. But um, so like his accolades just kind of suck. He won't be on any All Decade team. I think those matter a lot for the Hall of Fame. Like if you weren't even one of the better players, like in the decade that you played, then um, I, I, it's a tough call from there. So, uh, small hall, no, I still don't think he's close. Give me, give me four more years of this year, Stafford, and we can talk about it. Yeah, I agree with you. I saw um, a couple good tweets on the conversation. There was one that was somebody who was on a TV show. They were talking in response to Richard Sherman. And they're like, well, how do you expect Stafford to be an all pro when he was going up against Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady? And I think they listed off uh, Ben Roethlisberger on there too. And it's like, well, 
Sherman responded and he's like, that's the point. Like those quarterbacks, those are hall of fame quarterbacks. That is what a hall of fame quarterback looks like. I like Matt Stafford. Great guy puts up a ton of counting stats, but you know, and you can argue that, you know, probably part of the reason he didn't get as much recognition is being in Detroit. You know, those teams weren't very good. If he was on better teams, then maybe. But yeah, Anthony I, Munoz is widely regarded as the best left tackle of all time. And he played on some truly, truly dog shit Bengals teams. So I don't know if that's like the greatest argument for anything either. <laughs> um, just throwing but, that out there. But traditionally quarterbacks, like if you're on a good team, you get the recognition then. Um, I, I agree with you I, overall. It's not the best barometer, but that's kind of if, if you're on a good team, you tend to get noticed better. Like the quarterbacks get a lot of the blame and they get a lot of the credit. Well, uh, somebody I think had mentioned that there, there's 30 quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame or something like that. And if you look at the guys that played at the same time he, he did that are shoe wins to be in, you're talking Brady, you're talking mm -hmm. Breeze, you're talking Ben. You're talking Peyton. You're talking Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. You're talking um, uh, like May Philip Rivers or Eli Manning are in that conversation. They're probably below those other, you know, those other fives are like slam dunks. Those two mm -hmm. are, you know, probables. So you're trying to tell me that the NFL has been around for, you know, the Hall of Fame goes back to the 40s or the 30s or whatever. There's only 30 quarterbacks in right now. And this this was the goal. Like this was, you know, 25% of the, the quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame all need to come from the same time period. Like at some point, you got to look at some of these guys and say he's passing for a lot of yards, but relative to his peers, which is where the all decades thing comes in. Like it, it's not. I don't want to say he's not close, but it's, you know, let's, let's be a little picky here, guys. Like what, what do we why do we want it to mean nothing mm -hmm. that somebody's a Hall of Famer? Like. He hung around for a long time. Like that's why it's the Frank Gore thing we talked about on the show before. Like he hung around for a long time. He accumulated a lot of stats. I, I don't know. I mean, but I, I get that everybody has a different opinion on that. Yeah, I think that it's Philip Rivers, it's Eli Manning, it's Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, kind of all in Matt that Ryan, tier of who has an MVP. I forgot about him. Sorry. Yeah. I think those are guys, those are all four guys in that next tier down where I wouldn't be upset if they got in, but I would not put them in. You know, so. You wouldn't put Matt Ryan in as a Falcons fan? Honestly, probably not. I mean, I think he's closer than Stafford. Um, I think he's a better quarterback than than Eli Manning, uh, but Eli Manning has two Super Bowl rings, so people are going to value that higher. And he's got the name Manning. Um, I would put Ryan in over Rivers. Ryan's got that MVP. That means that a lot. Mm -hmm. It does. But I probably would not put him in, to be honest. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I it just. Like you said, you have to draw a line somewhere with how many quarterbacks in a generation can get in. And I think we are tiptoeing that line. Yeah, no, you're not going to find any any disagreement here. I've stayed out of the debate on Twitter. Um, yeah, I value my sanity a lot more than that. But it's just you and me here tonight. So mm -hmm. do what I want. <laughs> we're, the, we're the flagship pod. I do what I want.
That's a good point. That's a good point. We have we have full <laughs> reign, carte blanche. We, we talked about that last night on the Debbie debate too. I pulled the same card. I said, "We're the through the Debbie show of, of campus to camp. I can do what I want." <laughs> I made some sort of declaration. I don't even remember what it was at this point. You actually made like a, a take on that one. It was a bold take or like an actual declaration and not something lukewarm. Mm, I don't really remember. I had a lot of fun last night. There's no Felix. <laughs> it's the great yeah, show. I, I, uh, I still got to finish listening to that after show, which, by the way, I almost turned in my resignation uh, after after seeing that title. We we literally probably spend a 15 minute time frame just throwing people under the bus for all sorts of problems that we've had over. Like it was literally like Festivus. Like we were all just like, well, while we're bitching about stuff, like Alfred did this the one time. Like we just and we started back on Alfred and we we're like, he doesn't listen to any of the shows anyway. Um, I did hear so, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had a good time. Maybe yeah. someday we'll let you on the after show over there, Colin. Maybe someday. I mean, I could literally join whenever I want. I'm in that Twitter group where Matt sends the link. Are you really? Every time. Mm-hmm. I got to fix that. <laughs> I could get, I could <laughs> pop in whenever I wanted. Should As I if you am? also don't have access to the stream yard or yeah, the... Good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> Any of it. Fair point. Fair point. Um, we got off the rails here a little bit. That's Back fine. on topic. Um, there were two injuries in the Super Bowl here. Obviously, the big one, Odell Beckham tears his ACL. Uh, That is the second time he has torn the ACL in his left knee. Uh, The other time was in 2020. Uh, And he tore it very late in the season here, obviously, which puts his 2023, puts the start of the season there kind of in doubt. And this this is a real shame because I think he was having a resurgence here to the end of his, you know, to the end of this year back to the Odell that we saw early on in his career. I mean, for like two years with the giants, he was with the shell of Eli Manning. Then he goes over to Cleveland and I just feel like they didn't really use him properly. Finally gets on the Rams. He has a good quarterback. He has a good situation. He starts performing. Well, he was looking at a payday. Not that he really necessarily needed one. Cause he did get a pretty big one the first time around, but he was looking at a payday and then torn ACL. You just really got a feel for him on that one. Yeah, I mean, it it did. I, it sucked. Um, do you think he goes back there now for less money? It sounded like he was going to stay there for a little less money anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, I don't think you can sign a one-year deal, though, because, yeah, I mean, does he even play? Like, you almost have to just – you have to commit to two years of him if you're signing him because you're not yeah. going to get a year one. Yeah. Yeah, I think – I agree. Yeah, I think you have – he would have to sign – a two-year deal or a one-and-one, one, like a one-year with a one-year like team option or something like that. I don't know exactly how that works with the NFL contracts. I know NBA, they can throw in team options and player options and all that good stuff. But yeah, I don't I don't know when he's going to be ready again. You know, he, the, the NFL season starts in, you know, less than nine months. He will be less than nine months removed from an ACL tear when the season starts. And have people come back from an ACL tear in roughly that amount of time or a year or so? Yeah, they have. But I think we're getting a little carried away with some of the expectations for recovery. Um, we can rebuild him. <laughs> we will build we him have strongly. the technology. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, I, 
Yeah, I just feel really bad for that one because you don't know when he's going to get back on the field again. Yeah. And then the other one sucked for the Rams, too. They almost lost the game because of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they were already down Robert Woods from earlier in the season. That would be the only thing we'd be talking about. Well, you know, besides the the, this, the other comment we would have had, is Joe Burrow a Hall of Famer already? We would have already oh, been yeah. having that discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we got past that, I think the story would have been the, the Bengals wouldn't have won if Odell Beckham didn't get hurt. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that the Rams won so we didn't have to just sit through that stupid discussion for the next two weeks. Yeah. And the offseason's a dark, dark place, man. You know, us college guys, the season ends, and we just move on with our lives. We just get excited for the next year already. And the NFL guys are the ones that come in here and have to like create a problem. <laughs> have you noticed this at all? Like college football mm-hmm. ended and we everything was just hunky dory on Twitter. And all of a sudden this week it's like burn the whole place down and we'll just start something from the ashes. Mm-hmm. Just think about that today. It's just it's a shame, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like lifelong the... Rams fans, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love the CFF community, the C2C, the Devi community, like everybody in the college space just tends to seem a little happier. You know, I mean, you, you get some curmudgeons at times, but I think everybody just generally seems happier. Everybody gets along a little bit better. There's less there's not quite as much fighting. You know, we had the after the uh, the national championship, you know, you had the would Bama have won uh, if uh uh, Jameson Williams didn't get hurt. So, you know, you had that conversation, but that didn't last very long, you know. And you have some people who still hate Kirby Smart, but, you know, it is what it is. We let those people just th- hang out down there, and f- mm-hmm. mostly in Florida. Um, and that's like a different country anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Let them do their thing down there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other injury uh, in the game, Joe Burrow uh, has a knee sprain. It was thought to be an MCL. I haven't seen that necessarily confirmed. I just saw a knee sprain, uh, but it's not going to require off-season surgery, so it's nothing major. Uh, you know, he'll rest it up. He'll probably be there for OTAs because he's he's a warrior. He's the kind of guy that you know is gonna is is gonna play through something like that. He kind of seems like the kind of guy who wants to be out there every chance he can get. So he'll probably be out there for spring. So I don't think that's really anything to worry about. But there was a brief moment of panic man if he had torn that knee the discussion like the, the penny sewell jamar chase discussion is so tired like i'm not going to, about that even start rehashing that on this show but i think you would have had a really hard time arguing jamar chase is the correct pick if your star quarter because he got you to the Super Bowl in year one when your star quarterback is now coming off two straight season ending knee injury. Yeah. <laughs> like it starts becoming a hard sell at that point. And I think that's the part that people are missing. Like, well, this they made it to the Super Bowl one year, so Jamar Chase is just automatically the best thing. And it's like, well, two surgically repaired knees. I'm I'm not sure you win you're winning that argument like quite like you think you are. Um <laughs> so that's why I was actually really interested in it because there's this guy that keeps coming back to this thread of mine from like a year ago, every freaking Sunday or Monday, and he just like comments <laughs> some dickhead thing on it, and I was gonna be so petty. Um, but I love when is, petty Austin. Comes it is out. what it is. It is what it is. I try to yeah. be. I try to not do it too much because then you just look like a jerk. But like if you do it like twice a year, 
yeah all of a you're sudden, good. like you know it's it's it, it's like normal like you should you should be doing it so yeah yeah i mean you get far more trolls trolls than i do um but I mean, you never tweet so that's that the easy one right there yeah, yeah. i uh i did get I, I tweeted out um i think it was like right after the super bowl or like during the super bowl uh that i think both sides can be right in this argument where it's chase is a good pick and penny sewell also would have been a good pick so that was the crux of it but My it was a very is- not- it's a very non-answer tweet. Yeah, we don't know. Like, we won't know. My my original tweet was that we, short of Jamar uh, Chase having a Hall of Fame career and Penny Sewell being out of the league and not getting a second contract, are we at the point where either of those things we know is going to happen yet? No. Mm-hmm. So miss me on whatever you've got to say about it because I don't care. <laughs> I probably think you're stupid. And I'll probably just block you. <laughs> yeah, you're – Um. yeah, I'm. I'm very – very frugal with the block button. I only have two people blocked. Which one of them came this week? Oh, I have like 80 people blocked. It's very freeing. I mute people more than block them. Um, I don't know. I also went, part. a large part of it is uh, Catapult Sports. Um, they're the ones that will flag all 22 mm-hmm. content. So yeah. I went and blocked literally every single person that was associated, affiliated with Catapult Sports. So that if I retweet something, it doesn't, you know. I'm not contributing yeah. to the 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 attention drawn to any college all 22 that's floating around out there. Mm. So um, that's a good point. Yes, I forgot about that. I think I think at one point I had them blocked when it was like I don't remember if I did that when I when I had this the C2C handle or if I did that like from my my personal account originally or but I don't have them blocked on my my new account on the at C2C Decker one. You know, you talked about how embarrassing my driving the show was on Campus Life this week. And we're 22 minutes into the show. <laughs> We've hit two of the bullet points on the show sheet. We've hit and four. you're just letting me do whatever I want right now, Colin. This, you want to talk about embarrassing driving? This is up there well, for, we for the worst. just finished the first segment. So the Joe Burrow surgery was the last bullet point on there there was five bullet points we went through five bullet points i'd like to have one more word on that no you're done oh, thank you finally a backbone <laughs> thank you colin i think we i think we i think we you know we made some progress today speaking of, of trouble in paradise uh <laughs> kyler murray trouble in paradise here uh, we've seen kind of all week some weird Stories coming out about Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. First, he took down all of his social media um, references to the Cardinals. And then you heard some people say that he's not a first guy in, last guy out type of a guy. They questioned his leadership. You know, people were kind of questioning Cliff Kingsbury. There's a lot of a lot of weird tension going on about this little saga here. But Kyler Murray came out. Uh, released a statement saying that he does love the game of football. He loves his teammates. He's here to win championships. This is all nonsense. Um, So does that kind of squash this here? Or do you think this is going to be a lingering story? I think it's going to be a lingering story. There have been rumors for a while now that that Kyler Murray has been immature. You know, I don't think this was uh, groundbreaking, Um, but Regardless, like, you know, 
Chris Mortensen, I think, has been one of the people that's kind of been tweeting about this a decent amount. Like, I don't think like somebody's telling Chris Mortensen this. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not really a kind of guy that like you know has been ever caught making stuff up. So somebody is telling him this, whether it's a player, whether it's somebody in the front off. Like, so I think the relationship has taken a hit here. Mm-hmm. And we talked, was it last week about Kyler and him, you know, potentially going back to baseball. And, and we said that, yeah, the odds of him doing that are the, the leverage is not what he thinks it is at this point. The, 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 lever, the time to play that, that game was four years ago that that ship has sailed now. Um, so like, I think it is what it is. I don't think they would trade him. No. I don't think anyone's going to pay. We've never seen somebody pay for like a stud quarterback in their prime, at least not recently. So um, I think he's going to be there for the long haul. At least through the end of his contract, which lasts another two years. Yep. And then at that point, then he could make a decision to – not re-sign with the Cardinals and test free agency if he really wanted to, but the Cardinals could still tag him. You know, to be honest, they should. Yeah. So we're probably looking at three years before he would hit free agency. I think this will be settled by then. There's some tension now. There will be maybe another story or two that pops up throughout the offseason, but I think it's going to kind of go away. Um, but I do think that Cliff Kingsbury and the, the tandem of Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray ultimately limits the ceiling on the Cardinals and how far they will go. They can be a very good team, but just over the past couple years here and in Cliff Kingsbury's career as well, the team just kind of starts to fall apart down, down the stretch at the end of the year. Um, you know, we, we could be looking at a, at a Phillip rivers chargers 2.0 here where they just always, they're a good team during the regular season. And then as you hit, calendar hits december they just kind of start to fall apart i definitely think cliff gets one more year and if there's not like i don't know if they'll give him a super bowl or bust ultimatum but you know the you can't just totally fall apart at the end of the year and lose in the first round of the playoffs like there's the you've got to do better than that mm-hmm. so we'll see if they can like that I don't, I don't even know if that roster is that good like i actually think they've kind of in general outperformed what I would have expected out of the group of guys that they have there offensively and defensively. Yeah. I mean, I think offensively they have some nice pieces, you know, I've certainly having a Kyler Murray to Deandre Hopkins connection doesn't hurt things. Um, they've had a decent group of other wide receivers there. Like Christian Kirk is fine. AJ green is an option there. They did bring in Zach Ertz who he's old. He's but... an option. That tells you all I need to know about where that person is at this point in their career. AJ he's green. warm. He's a warm body. He, I think he's breathing. <laughs> um, I mean, AJ, he's, he's not the same player he was, but I still think he's, you know, a viable wide receiver three on a team. Yeah, I guess. Um, they have a couple really nice pieces on defense that I like. Um, Chandler Jones, yeah, uh, Isaiah Simmons, Buddha Baker. They're not a bad team. It's just like I've never looked at them and been like, I think that's a Super Bowl contending roster. Yeah, you know, like a, so I don't know. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, they play in the same division as the Rams. The Rams and the Niners were good this year too. The Seahawks had a down year, but they still have Russell Wilson. Those Seahawks are going to be bad for a long time. That's going to be the, the NFL's basement team for the next decade. I mean, I think 
there's a couple teams that are perennially in the basement that may have something to say about that. You know, bad teams kind of stay bad. Plus, I think the Texans are going to be the basement team here for at least this year, maybe in one more. But uh, the Dolphins have hired Daryl Bevel as their pass game coordinator and QB coach, and they hire Frank Smith as the OC. Frank Smith was the Chargers run game coordinator and the O-line coach. So they're they're rounding out their offensive staff here. They did hire an offensive-minded Mike coach or offensive-minded head coach in Mike Daniel. So I don't know necessarily know how much influence Bevel and Smith will have, but do we like this little this little triumvirate that they assembled here together? I'm not a Bevel mm-hmm. fan personally, but I I don't know. I don't know if I we talked about this in the show or not that I think, you know, generally projecting coach hires, especially at the NFL level, is just so difficult. Unless, Unless it, like, Meyer. there are some that are just, like, obviously bad that come around every five to ten years. Urban Meyer. So Let now it'll be a couple years before we get another one. Um, so I don't... I, it, it's such a non-answer. Jury's out. Jury's out. We'll see in a couple of years. I don't. I don't find there that this uh, McDaniel is charming as some other people do as well. I kind of just find him weird. Uh, he's quirky. Now, whether that quirkiness, you know, rubs off and turns into weird and annoying, I think is going to depend on how successful he is. I mean, quirky is like new girl, and that has its place there. Quirky <laughs> in my head, football coach. <laughs> mm, I'm not sure that's necessarily the word, like the first word that I want to come to mind when people are talking about the guy that I'm hiring to run my $4 billion franchise. But, you know, who's to say? <laughs> I'm just being a hater tonight. I'm letting, I did zero prep for the show. I'm just letting whatever I have to say flow. I'm going to do Firing from the hip. Yeah. I like it. Um, sticking on the Mike McDaniel train here. Who's that um, code? <laughs> it's Mike. <laughs> um, Mike McDaniel says he would start. Um, says he would start Jalen Waddle in fantasy here. Um, for context, they were talking to him about the role that he had in the uh, the role that he had in the offense, where he set the rookie record with 104 catches. Um, and that they're expecting him to have a, a, a Mike McDaniel said he's expecting him to uh, have a significant role again. Uh, he said the easiest way to get yards is to give it a re- to a really talented player. Uh, I would start him Waddle in fantasy. And then, you know, there's some speculation that he, Waddle could be used as a Debo Samuel type player in McDaniel's offense. Um, he didn't really have much rushing production this past year, but he certainly has the dynamism with the ball in his hand to at least be used uh, in some capacity in the run game. Do we see an even better year coming for Waddle? Yeah, why not? I mean, I don't think the target volume will go anywhere and you're just hoping that the, the a dot goes up a little bit. And I think he can, um, hard to get lower. Like at, at worst, he just, gets the same volume at the same dot and produces exactly exactly the same as he did last year down the stretch, which would put him as a wide receiver one for fantasy. Mm-hmm. 
probably so unless you still play standard like you're a caveman so um yeah i mean i i think we were both really big waddle guys last year this i i still love the guy um how much would it take for you to trade down from a jamar chase to a jalen waddle at this point like if i have jalen waddle and you have jamar chase and i say you know here's my roster what would you want and bonus points, this is the Campus Camp podcast, if you can pull some college players out. But, you know, I, I don't want to give you too tough mm-hmm. of a task here. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Uh, see, this is a particularly difficult question for me because last year coming out, I did have Waddle ahead of Chase um, wow, in the Richard Rankings. I, I, um, I, I liked Waddle a lot. This wasn't to say that I didn't like Chase. I wasn't like you who said that Chase was not a top 10 talent. I said it was uh, a top 15 pick. <laughs> Why everyone's harping on this this week? That's why the block button's getting some work. You're about to be next. Um, um, no, I liked I liked both of them a lot, but I I, I really liked Waddle and I liked his dynamism, uh, and I thought he would be a fantastic asset for for fantasy purposes. I did in, during the year flip them. Uh, it was hard not to with ha- the, the, the year Chase was having, uh, but it's not going to take as much for me as it would for, I think, the average person. Um, For me, I would probably do it for... If I could get a 2023 first in there, that would be... That would be just aces. So let's turn this into a player, since, again, this is the Canvas to Canton podcast. Okay. Okay. Um, And we'll see how far back in our ADP we'd have to go. Okay. Jalen Waddle and JSN. Uh, Give me Waddle and JSN. Jalen Waddle and Zach Evans. Mm. The twenty-three first. That so I'm just I'm it going, is. Through, going through our ADP basically and just picking out the twenty-three players in order, and it, we're gonna work. It is. It. it is, and that's very fair. I'm hesitant on that just because Evans is going to a new situation, and he left. His recruiting process was kind of weird, and then he went, left TCU. I think that that's more related to coach than anything off the field, but there is still that lingering, just something lingering in the back of my mind there. I don't know if I would do it for Evans. So Jalen Waddle, and I'm not going to do quarterbacks. I think that Mm -hmm. one's a little tough. Yeah. Um, And Jordan Addison. No. Sean Tucker. I'm not the biggest Tucker guy. Josh Downs. Mm. That's like right there with 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 Evans. It's close. Okay. It's close for me. I would kind of would want to see how Downs does with uh, a new quarterback here, but that one's close. Sure. Okay, that's that's like about how far back I would go. And then you start getting into 2024. You know, Xavier Worthy and and some right. of those guys, Braylon Allen, Will right. Shipley. Uh, okay, cool. Right. To... I mean, you didn't hit me with Quentin Johnston. Oh, he's actually so he is he's going like the three hundred one or something in our drafts, and that is a guy that like mm-hmm. I, I I just did one of our mocks and I took him at the two three turn basically. And yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I my first three picks in the mock we just did I managed to go B from the one hundred two managed to go Bijan, Jadon Blue, Quentin Johnston. That's nice. Yeah, That's very very, very happy nice. with that. Um, yeah, I would do it for Quinn. 
Yeah, I think that's that's reasonable. Um, next one here, DK Metcalf had a screw removed from his foot uh, from a previous procedure that he had. Um, it doesn't. It sounds like this was fairly standard. Um, it doesn't seem like it's anything to worry too much about. It was a minor issue. He was bothered by a foot ailment all season. He's in a boot now, but it wasn't to fix anything. It was seems like it was just to remove the screw. Um, you know, he he almost had a thousand yards this past year, despite being kind of ha- hampered by that injury. So, um, are we worried about this at all here? No, but um, I know last week that I falsely claimed that I am a doctor on this show, but I'm actually not a doctor. Um, so this is why I don't, I don't have any idea if this is good or bad. Um, he has had a lot. I mean, there were significant health concerns of him coming to the league, although I don't remember the foot being one of them. So no, I don't believe so. Um, it's not going to bother me unless somebody that's smart and went to school to learn about these things tells me I should be worried. You went to school to learn about the body, right? I did. Mm-hmm. I studied that for five and a half years. But I would still never got past that. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. I don't know why I decided to say that. You were in rare form. I haven't even been drinking. Just worked all day. I think I'm punch happy. Yeah, I was going to say you're punch punch drunk. Yeah. Um, Last news story here. Hollywood Brown is not retiring to pursue a career in esports and streaming. Despite a Twitter report. From a guy named Band Drew, um, yeah, I mean, he, this guy pretty much came out and said that he was just trolling the big name fantasy accounts. Uh, but this was a story for a hot sack here. Uh, were you, did you ever believe it? Were you ever worried? No, see that CJ Golson guy was reporting it, and that guy's an a hole. So no, I didn't think there was any actual truth to this. Um, did anybody like try to trade? Trade send you a trade offer. We're in that '96 team team league. We're in. Somebody sent me one like mm. immediately after it happened. But you know how the people are in that league. They send you it, and if you don't accept it in 30 seconds, they re- they retract it. Mm-hmm. But it was like for a first, so I wouldn't have done it anyway. But like, I was just like, well, what was the point of that? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't get any trade offers sent my way with him. Um, if I had, I probably would have taken it. A first, well. I think I have like the one hundred seven. Well, wait, which which? Well, wait. You were were you getting Hollywood? Yes. Or you? Re- yeah. Oh, I was getting Hollywood. oh. Mm, no, no. So yeah, I was thinking it was the other way around. I would have taken that one. Um, but yeah, no. It it was it was a non-story here. Just something that one evidence of the NFL offseason. Gotta love stories like that. But speaking of the offseason here, offseason buys and sells time, time to to reevaluate some players, take stock of situations moving forward, guys who have moved up, guys who have moved down. Uh, We have some buys and sells list here. Um, First guy we'll start with, Amon Ra St. Brown. He's been a very, very hot name. at the end of the season here, he finished on a torrid pace. What are we doing with Amon Ross St. Brown? 
Man, I think he's probably sell at this point. I don't dislike him. And I don't my argument for selling him isn't that like, you know, he's not good. Good. Mm-hmm. Um make that argument. Like I'm not I'm not buying him because I don't think he's good. And um I don't think that's correct. But I don't like he's going to the sixth or seventh round. I'm trying to pull up some ADP right now. Um, it's just too high for me currently. Yeah, I agree. It's it's too high for me. And I liked I liked Alvin Ross St. Brown a lot. Uh, preseason, uh, last offseason, I picked him as my this year's Justin Jefferson. Um, obviously, that probably would be more Jamar Chase. But what I meant in that was that a guy who kind of came out of came from lesser expectations and had a big a big year and he finished really hot down the stretch. Um, you know, he had in his last since week 13, he had 10, eight, eight, nine, eight, and eight catches. Um, finished the year with 200 yard games, it 90 and 91 yards the two weeks before that, a touchdown in each of the last four. So he finished really hot, but I think a lot of that came from a lack of other options in that offense. And I think this is just the time to, the time to move him. Um, I, that's doesn't mean that I don't like Amon Ross St. Brown, but it's a value game. And I think his value is at his highest. Yeah. I mean, what kind of, if you had to move him for a college player, who would you move him for? Since this is the campus to Canton podcast. You keep saying that you keep saying this, is the campus, the, I just want to remind like everybody. I was going to say like the people don't know. It might um, not. You never know. You never know. What college player would I move him for? Um, I would probably move him for mo- pretty much any player that would be taken in the top like two, probably three rounds, depending on maybe maybe not three, probably in the top two rounds though. Um, I would take. I would probably want a little something on top if I was going with Jordan Addison. Because uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure what his NFL future looks like, but I think Jordan Addison has a big, big CFF year this year. Um, Ross St. Brown, according to DLF's ADP, is the 78th player overall in Superflex. Um, and just to give you an idea of some guys that he's going around right now, he's actually going above Jerry Judy, Davis Mills, Michael Carter, Hollywood Brown, AJ Dillon, CEH, Brandon Ayuk. Those are like the three or four guys on either side of him. That's pretty. That's pretty solid. I mean, I would trade him for AJ Dillon straight up. If that, you know, I don't think you could actually do that, but I would do that. I'd probably trade him so? for Ayuk, Judy. Um, shit, I might even be more willing to take a chance on Davis Mills, who I don't even love, but he's a quarterback, and you know. Wow, really? Could be some interesting value there. Yeah. You poo pooed all over Davis Mills this offseason. I said Davis Mills could be a Kirk Cousins type. Yeah, but I don't know if you've realized by now or not, but I say everything that you think is stupid, and then I'm allowed to come back six months later and claim it as my own take, and you just have to take it. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just saying I don't even know if I believe in Davis Mills, but in terms of maintaining value, I almost feel like if Davis Mills almost feels safer right now as long as Houston doesn't draft a quarterback in the first round, and I don't think they will, but then again, it's Houston. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, what do you, you wouldn't, you would rather have Amon Ross St. Brown over Davis Mills? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think Davis Mills has, 
I think he might have a, a year this year. He might be he'll be a starting quarterback this year. Um, but I don't know if I see him being like a team's like long term answer. Um, when I said like Kirk Cousins at that time, like what I was referencing was a guy who maybe didn't start right away and then like you know would get some starting opportunities. Not Kirk Cousins from a fantasy standpoint because Kirk Cousins is perennially a QB 12 to 15 every single year. And if you ask Matt Bruning, QB twos matter. Um, even the, especially the high end ones, but no, I don't think that Davis Mills ever has a chance to be a high end QB two. I think he's probably always going to be a low end QB two and give me a wide receiver. You know, I would start more wide receivers. You know, I would rather have uh, an Amon Ross St. Brown who I can throw as my wide receiver three or my flex. Um, and even though I do think his value comes down, I think he's still going to put up solid numbers throughout his career. We play in a lot of leagues together. Do you think there's one that I have Amon Ross St. Brown and you have Davis Mills? <laughs> Let's go look, see if we can pull that trade off tonight. I don't know if I have Davis Mills anywhere, actually. Hmm, I don't think I do. Wow, after leading that hype train all offseason. Surprise, surprise. Colin, does, Colin talks the talk. I wasn't say I was leading the hype. I wasn't leading the hype train, but you were. Uh, I believe you were Kellen Mond over Davis Mills. So, you know, I Davis Mills was like my lowest rated quarterback in the class. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. mean, I think I had a lot of players above Davis Mills. <laughs> yes, yeah, you hated Davis Mills. Yeah. Um. So we're selling Amon Ra at this time. Just... Probably, yeah. It's, it's gotten a little. The hype's a little too much for me. Mm-hmm. I don't see the the high the high upside there that that I would want to hold on to him. I agree. Aaron Rodgers, next player. Are we buying, selling, holding. The scary part about him is there's always a risk that he just says I'm done. But I think I'm buying because the value seems really really good. I just did a startup and I took him. I'm gonna double check here to make sure I'm not talking about. But as my QB, like two, I think I got him at a pretty reasonable part portion of a draft. Um, Because I think he's still, if he wants to play four more years, I think he basically, what he's doing now will be what he does for the next Mm -hmm. four years. You think he's an MVP caliber player for the next four years? Yeah. Tom Brady did it. Why can't he do it? I agree. I just wanted to, just wanted to see. Um, I am only buying if, I am like a super contender. Like if I'm definitely a contender other than that, I would probably sell because his value is, I think his value is still QB, a QB one value. Um, I think there's enough people out there who value him. He just came off an MVP season. The assumption at this point is that he's going to be back. But like you said, it's always kind of leaning, you know, hanging over your head. Like, is he going to retire? Is he not going to retire? And you know, he's definitely the type of player that you can just take and ride off into the sunset. You don't have to squeeze every ounce of value out of a player. But I think if you're going to try to get the value, get value for him, you now is the time to do it. So I would probably move him. So it's interesting because DLF has his current ADP is uh, ADP is the 26th overall player and there's 25th overall player in Superflex, quarterback 13. I, I've only done one startup this offseason. 
I'm trying to keep them to a minimum. Um, <laughs> Good luck. He, that is not my experience. He went significantly later than that. Just some guys that are below him in this ADP that uh, that went before him. Matt Stafford, Jalen Waddell, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Stephon Diggs, all went before him for sure. T Higgins, I'm pretty sure did Deontay Johnson. Like a lot of these guys went, went earlier than he did. Um, I think he, I just think he's very, like he's very fairly priced right now. Mm-hmm. And that's when usually when you have to buy a quarterback, like, there's very rarely like a time where you're buying these guys dirt cheap. You're just asking for the price to be fair. I think the price with him right now is fair. So that's a guy that I would not be afraid to go purchase. I think that's fair. Fair. <laughs> Fire. Um, no, I, I definitely think that's fair. I understand both sides of the coin here, um, but yeah, it's fair. Um, okay. Justin Fields. Buying, selling. You want to talk about fair? This kid is fair. No. Um, <laughs> so this is a tough one. This is another one where I think the ADP doesn't necessarily match realistically what's happening. He's going as quarterback 10 off the board, according again to DLF's ADP, 17th overall player. I think he goes earlier than that. Um, and, and again, some of the guys that go around him that I, I think he jumps a little bit. Like I, it, I think he goes earlier than CD Lamb, who's going ahead of him in drafts. Um, and then I think... Depending on your league, I think Najee Harris and DeAndre Swift both go ahead of him in their ADP. And I think it wouldn't shock me in leagues. And I think in the startup I just did, he went before those guys too. So you're looking at basically a first-round guy or a fringe first-round guy. That's pretty expensive. I do really like him. New coaching staff gives you hope. Do I want to spend that price though on a guy? I mean, I guess. So he's more of a hold for you maybe? Ah, man. His upside is really nice. I, I'll call him a tentatively a buy, but he's pretty. He might be closer to a hold than a buy for me. Maybe. See, I did. I didn't know his ADP was that high. It's a little higher than I thought it was going to be. Actually, I thought yeah. he would. Um, but like realistically, than when I did that one draft again, like it went even higher. Well, like early in this offseason, people are so afraid of taking running backs. Yeah, like I find that that's just like a seasonal thing, and then as we get closer, people are more willing. Maybe once guys have survived, you know, the off season, and we know they're at least going to make it to the beginning of the year healthy, then you know we we start locking them in a little bit. But yeah, yeah, that's a good point too. It's the quarterbacks are a very very safe investment, and at this time of the year, you're looking at more of a safe investment. Um, you know. I think one of the things that rings the truest is you don't have to fill out a lineup until the season actually starts. Um, so I do usually tend to take value, especially early. And I, and I, I think you brought up a really good point. I do think that tends to be running backs. If his value is, if he's a fringe first round guy right now, and you can get that type of value, I think I'm selling. But I do like Justin Fields a lot. And I was, Going into this, planning on saying he was a buy, for the record, just was not expecting his ADP s- to be that high. I I swayed you. You did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at me. I think this is more about me being just a reasonable, flexible person than it does about you. You're very fair. I'm very fair. <laughs> um, Devonte Adams. 
he's got a bit of a a bit of an unknown here. We don't really know where he's going to be this season. He could end up back in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. He could end up in Las Vegas with Derek Carr. We don't really know. Those are the two biggest places right now, but we don't really know. What are we doing with Devontae Adams? Buy him. His ADP on DLF is 27th overall, wide receiver 7. Again, in my experience, that is not the case. I cannot bring up this draft board for some reason in this league I did. But I stacked Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in it, and neither of them were expensive. Um, like Devontae just kept falling, falling, falling. I think people are expecting him to hit a cliff because we just watched Julio do it, and we just watched A.J. Green do it. In reality, I think Devontae Adams is, does not rely necessarily on his athletic gifts at the same level that Julio does. Um, and A.J. Green has just been, you know, in, injured, injured, injured. Um, so I think he's going to age a little more gracefully. Honestly, he's not necessarily the same caliber, but I could see a late career um, uh, Larry Fitzgerald type of, hmm. you know, age like age like fine wine. Uh, type deal going on where maybe his role changes a little bit. Maybe he's not quite winning as, as downfield as much, but uh, and even maybe a transition transition almost full time to the slot. Um, I could I could see that for him. I think that his skill set can do that, and so I think he's a major buy for me right now. And again, just looking at the LF's ADP, some of the wide receivers to go after him that I think are probably go ahead of him in, in most drafts, depending on uh, the guys you're drafting with. Jalen Waddle, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Stephon Diggs. Um, T Higgins, Deontay Johnson, those DJ Moore, even sometimes maybe or Chris Godwin. Like, I think those are all guys that have potential to be drafted ahead of him. And all, at that point, all of a sudden you're down to wide receiver 15 and 54th overall, which is about where I got Devontae Adams in the draft. I did. Yeah. So I haven't done a, um, I haven't done a, a startup yet this off season, but my startup last off season, one of them, it was the, the one in the program, um, I got Devontae Adams at the 410 and then Aaron Rodgers at the 509. So I stacked both of them and surprise, surprise, it was a very successful year. You know, when you can get those guys that late, um, you know, I, I think that you have to do that. You know, is that kind of roughly where you took them? Fourth, fifth round ish? Yeah, I think it was fourth and sixth, if I remember correctly. I get, like, Sleeper like erases the draft board so quickly and we did the rookie draft separately. So I can't pull this stupid thing up. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, can I click on the players? Actually, Sleeper does that now, right? And it tells you like I think how so. you acquired them. So I took Aaron Rodgers with the 507. I took Devontae Adams with the probably something in the four. Come on, Sleeper. 406. Uh 307. 307. So I still think that's great value. Yeah, that's, I still don't think it's bad. Yeah, I think so third and fifth bad. round for those two. A yeah. stack that both those guys were going in the second round as little as, or the first or second round as little as two years ago. Mm -hmm. And neither of them have done anything on the field to indicate that that should that they should have dropped. Yeah, but they've been very productive. I don't yeah. know. Those are two. Those two guys are big buys, and even if they don't end up stacking with each other, they go separate places. I still like the potential there for both of them. Yeah, yeah, I think that value is fantastic. Um, I am tentatively buying Devonte adams um i don't love the uncertainty around his situation because he could go to a bad situation potentially 
but I think that's also kind of baked into his cost right now, which is why I would be he would be a buy for me as well. Uh, next one on the list here, Darnell Mooney. Um, Allen Robinson seems very unlikely to end up back in Chicago after the way that that all went. Uh, Darnell Mooney potentially looking like he could be the Bears wide receiver one with the new coaching staff that hopefully will feature Justin Fields maybe a little bit better. Um, what are we doing with Mooney? Mooney is a buy. It was I'm not even a I'm not even a Mooney truther. But if you look at some of the, the, the places he's going, again, DLF ADP, 89th overall player, wide receiver 31. If you want to talk about a player maintaining value, and that's kind of what you're trying to achieve in an early offseason draft, he goes after Tyler Lockett, who I think he'll maintain value longer, especially if something were to happen where Russell Wilson leaves there. He goes after Dallas Goddard, Jameis Winston, DeAndre Hopkins, Baker Mayfield, those are all guys that I think, you know, on a are, are most of them are probably not on a value upswing right now. Mm-hmm. So I think just looking at it from that perspective again here early this offseason, if that's really the, what you probably should be achieving is just accruing value. I think that's really, really good value. Now, again, I don't know if you can trade for him at that rate, but if you're doing a startup, I think that's a that's a really nice value for me right mm-hmm. now. And again, I'm not a huge Darnell Mooney fan. Yeah, he's a buy for me as well. Um I, I, it's definitely a little bit more situation than talent. Um, I think talent wise, he settles in more as like, in my mind, as a team's wide receiver to fantasy, probably a fringe wide receiver, three, four ish. Whoa, you hate Darnell Mooney. What'd he do to you? Um, that's just pure talent wise. Like if he was in any other situation, I think that's more along the lines of where he would be the opportunity ahead of him. If he ends up being the Bears wide receiver one, I think that jumps him up. I think then at that point, he's a fringe wide receiver two, three. Hmm. You know, so looking at it now, yeah, I think he's a he's a buy for me as well. There are a lot of nice free agent wide receivers out there this year. Um, Chris Godwin, probably back. Allen Robinson, also a free agent, probably not going to Chicago. But Devontae Adams is a free agent. Juju Smith-Schuster is a free agent. Um, Odell Beckham was a guy that I had been looking at, but I would be surprised if he ends up there. There's, But there's some there's some decent wide receiver options out there. Uh, so they could potentially bring somebody in as well, and then that would completely flip this on its head for me. And then at that point, I think he would be a sell. But tentative buy for me. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, next one, CEH, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, everybody's favorite 101 in the rookie drafts. Kind of feels like maybe this is it for him, right? What are we doing with him? We finally hit a sell. The problem with him is, I, he, I guess he's almost probably more of a hold because I don't know what you can get for him. I don't think he has any more believers. And I think it's, He's run out of, or I've run out of reasons to think that he's a buy. And he's a guy that I was buying pretty cheap last year, um, especially in C2Cs, because he's one where, like, if you have, um, like, a J.K. Dobbins, for instance, you can be like, well, I'll trade Dobbins down to CEH and then give me a really nice college piece or something, you know. And, like, I think that's kind of the, mo- the kind of moves that I was acquiring him in. Um, 
and now I'm just like, I, I don't have any hope for him. Now watch, he'll go out this year and put out like RB, you know, he'll be like the RB 13 overall. But I mean, they just, they don't, I don't think they want to use them the correct way. And the problem with running backs is all their value is really tied up in that first contract. He could be a late career guy. Maybe actually I could see depending on if he goes somewhere that, that wants to use him a little more effectively, but I think he's a, a hold at best and maybe a sell at this point. Yeah. He's a hold for me just because I don't know the value. You're not going to get the value for him that you want. You're not going to be happy with the return that you get for CEH right now, unless you're just, I'm out altogether and I will take anything, you know? Um, I think at this point he's a hold for me and you just kind of have to hope that he strings a couple nice weeks together in the season and you can sell him to a contender. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, Jarek McKinnon, I think he's going to be a free agent, but that dude's made of glass. So he probably doesn't last the full, uh, a full season and the free agent market for running backs is not quite what it is for wide receivers it's a little softer um that's a lot of aging vets and maybe they bring in somebody like an aging vet to like a uh you know somebody to, to pair him with but i i think like i said you, you gotta you're not gonna be happy with what you get you gotta hold and just kind of hope maybe there's a slight bounce back where you can sell him i i don't think his value gets any lower honestly mm-hmm. than what it is right now It'd be hard for he had to get injured and watch. We're saying that, yeah, and it's like well, he gets to buy a truck tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with that, Colin. I think it, it would be hard for him to drop any lower than he is now. Uh, last one, Leonard Fournette. Buy, sell. He's a free agent mm-hmm. or projected to be. Mm-hmm. I don't have any thoughts. This is one that you put on, there and I was like, I don't have any strong thoughts either way here. Um, I need I need landing spot. I can't, mm-hmm. I, I can't make this determination without that. No, you don't want to take the, take the risk. Colin, you know me for a long time. Would you describe me as a risk taker? Um, no. As I say, if you say, I don't know. And you make me go wake my wife up to ask her, she's going to be really <laughs> pissed. Mostly at me. But I think, yeah, I think by proxy. Actually, also at, at actually you. at that point, I'm going to say, I don't know. I just want to see this happen. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I think this is a one where you have to kind of gauge your league. I think there's some leagues where you may have somebody who is trying to buy him because they saw the way he finished the year and they see the name value. They also could have a league where your league is trying to sell him for the reasons I just said, he finished the league hot. He has a name value and they want to get out from underneath it while they can. So I think this one all depends on your league. But if I own Leonard Fournette, I think I'm selling. I don't know if that situation gets any better than what it was in Tampa. And maybe he ends up back in Tampa, but Tom Brady's not there. Now they, we, You've talked before that you think they're going to bring in another quarterback and that could help mitigate some of the issues. But if they don't and they do bring Leonard Fournette back, that situation's not as good as it was last year. And who's to say he goes to a good situation? Um, I, I think he's he's a sell for me if I have him. No opinion. So thank good you. Way, way to cover that one. Good, good you. job. Thank you so much. I appreciate your help. 
Um, end up the show here. One trade target. Who are you targeting the most heavily this offseason? Um, so it's actually really fun because I had two guys that I was considering. And then when you look at DLF's ADP, they are literally literally right beside each other. And they your names are both Elijah. One of them is a Mitchell, and one of them is a Moore. And those are two guys that I'm buying as much of as I can this year. I don't think that, like, I think the upside is not baked into their value currently, and that's the kind of guy that you're looking for right now. You're talking about Elijah Mitchell as a rookie last year. I get the argument that he's under, under you know, a little undersized. He doesn't have draft capital, and you can say whatever you want about Shanahan running backs. But generally, if he's got a guy that can stay healthy, that guy gets the carries. I think Shanahan clearly prefers Elijah Mitchell there. And Mitchell just put up 1,100 yards as a rookie there, uh, all purpose, and including almost 1,000 yards rushing. And he missed a couple games. So like, I think there is 1,500-yard, 8-12 to 12 touchdown upside there that we are not accounting for at – rb18 right now i think he's a major major steal the other one elijah moore has a chance to lead that jets offense next year an offense that i think is going to be better i don't think they're going to be amazing but i think there's going to be nice volume and if elijah moore plays 17 games i could see him getting like 150 plus targets and at that price like that's 62 overall wide receiver 18 that's really cheap for what could be 150 plus targets and it could even be more than that realistically so i think both those guys just have crazy value that is not yet really being accounted for or crazy potential that's not really being accounted for in their value i agree with you don't like elijah mitchell no 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 no. i agree with all of that okay um i think that we're not in startup drafts. Uh, we're probably not accounting for their upside quite as much as we should. The only thing I'm going to push back on is trade target for Elijah Moore. Mm -hmm. The people who have Elijah Moore are likely huge Elijah Moore fans. And I don't think you're going to be able to get him for what is a reasonable price i think these guys you can say that about any player here calling come on now I, I just elijah moore has some serious stands out there i elijah moore there's a there's a hive uh, of people who like elijah moore and i think in most of your leagues the person who has him is going to is is going to want a king's ransom to move him uh, but just okay. strictly value smart guy who you got then go i I have uh, Saquon Barkley. That's a guy that I'm looking to buy. I think people forget just how good he is and just how much of an absolute freak at the position he is. Um, he played two games, played like a game and a half in 2020 uh, before getting hurt. You know, there was kind of questions coming into this year, like when he was going to be ready. Uh, he ended up being ready to start the season. Uh, but then he missed some games in the middle there. There was a four-week stretch that he missed. Um, and then he came back. He wasn't really the same. But that Giants team had really checked out. 
uh, you know, you heard rumors there that they didn't really like judge. Um, you know, they were, Daniel Jones was, was hurt too. They were trotting out with Mike Glennon at one point, I think like that was just not a great situation for him last year. And I think people are just really forgetting how good he can be. Um, I mean, I, uh, I don't know what his ADP is right now. Um, he is wow, way to come unprepared. I'm, I'm just about to, just about to say it. Um, He's going off the board, or according to DLF, like this is what I'm looking at here. He's going off the board around Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler, which I actually think he's probably even lower than that in drafts. I haven't done any yet this offseason, but just based on some of the hype that you see around Austin Eckler from last year and Nick Chubb, like it would surprise me if Barkley uh, goes off in that range. Dalvin Cook, according to DLF, what I have here, Dalvin Cook's going after him, Antonio Gibson, Derek Henry. I would be surprised if he goes ahead of those guys as well. Um, so I think in your actual drafts, he's going to go later than that. Whereas last year, he was going off the board in the first round in most leagues, or you know, probably mid to end of the first round. I'll tell you, I just want to push back a little bit on something that you said there. Sure, um, go ahead. <laughs> no, I actually agree. And I have him in a couple spots, and people are just trying to lowball the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say Saquon was a great prospect, but he was a great prospect mostly because of his athletic upside. Because I think as a runner, he leaves something to be desired purely as a runner. Mm-hmm. If and again, I'm not a doctor, so I, I'm not necessarily always comfortable talking, you know, this, well, this guy, you know, he's had these injuries and he's lost this, you know, his explosion or whatever. But if he has truly lost even, you know, 10% of his athletic ability, then I think we start getting into a territory where he's very risky because he probably will age swiftly and poorly if, if that's the case. So I do think there is, I actually do like Barkley at, at current value, but there is a lot of concern. And he's not a guy that I would just buy cheaper. I think he would need to be a decent amount cheaper just because I'm not sure, again, this early in the offseason, I'm necessarily trying to take on that kind of risk. But he could be a, a league winner for you if you, you acquire him and he bounces back to what he he should be at current cost. I mean, there's there's no debating that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think he could be a league winner here, and and just because his value is low, you know, at this time of year, I think now is the perfect time to buy him because, like you said, you're just looking to accrue value, and then you can kind of maybe reassess as the fall camp hits, and if you're maybe not liking quite what you see, I think you could recoup all of the value that you would spend for him now, if not, maybe even a little bit more because running backs, like you said, do tend to get a little bit more expensive as the season approaches. How how much does his value plummet, though, if he starts off the year looking really bad again? Because this was my whole Michael Thomas argument last year. And obviously, mm-hmm. he never even really played. But yeah. it was like, you know, the narrative, if there's one more blip, like, I don't know if that's a, that's a hole you can dig yourself out of. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And it did happen with Michael Thomas. Um Thanks for but yeah, I'm just smart, Mike. Appreciate you. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think if 
buy him now. And if you decide closer to the season, you want to sell him. I think you recoup all of that value. Whereas, yes, it could crater. You could lose it. It could also win you the year league. Um, he's definitely a volatile, volatile stock right now, but I would, I'm looking to buy him. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us. This was going to be a short show, man. I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, we kind of, we got off the rails a little bit. You critiqued my driving ability. I had to pull over the car. It was bad. Pull over the car and yell. I don't like to raise my voice. I thought you were drunk. Yeah. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Um, don't forget to rate and review the show. Spotify has the rating system now. So just, just drop us a five star. Very much appreciated. Uh, but check out the family of pods on the C2C network. We got chasing the natty, uh, campus life, Debbie debate, Canton bound, the FF Roundtable, and daily draft report, uh, daily draft report. Perfect for your commute. Quick 10, 15 minute hitters on a draft prospect. It's awesome. Uh, I've been listening to those. Dwight's been doing a fantastic job with those. Uh, also, check out the YouTube page. College Football Filtered is back. It's a morning show. Have it with your cup of coffee here. Um, be sure to be on the look for out for the early week show. We're uh, with Campus Life. I'm sure Austin has something fantastic that he is cooking up. He's always, always great with that. Always keeps us on topic. Fantastic host. But that's going to do it for us here tonight. I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.